Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 266, with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 266. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week are on a certain track, as they always do, uh, in coordination with our technique of the week, which we'll follow shortly thereafter. And these are hosting tools, advanced hosting tools. This isn't your host gator, GoDaddy kind of stuff, although they're not bad. I mean, cPanels on GoDaddy I used for many years. Uh, always though you're a part of a large audience and even though you may have VIP status like I did because I had so many domain names that I owned and so forth, um, you always had to wait in line and it was always uh, reaching out to somebody that always wasn't your direct connect person and they always had to go research or talk to a different department to see what was going on and they've gotten worse over time as they've grown, they've uh, diversified and segmented a lot more and you're not necessarily talking to such an advanced understanding user on the other side, fixer. And sometimes, a lot of times, uh, towards the end, before I switched off of them, it was really talking to one person that was just a mouthpiece to talk to others. And it was frustrating, especially when it came to business websites and so forth, where you needed a solution immediately because of the problem we created, not we'll get back to you in 24 to 48 hours, or it'll take this much time to get this fixed kind of mentality. So with that, um, I stepped up and went into a platform called WP Engine. Now, WP Engine offers a tremendous amount of tiered services, as do a lot of them. And by all means, there is a ton of hosting services out there. The ones I would definitely stay away from are the useless ones, the network solutions, the WebEx, uh, the web.coms. Uh, Those are just bloated, uh, useless, overpriced platforms. I'm sorry. It's in my podcast. I get to say that, I guess. Um, they, they charge too much to do too little and require too many things to get off of it. It's almost impossible to break free from them once you're in there. And they charge you for everything, even to transfer your domain over to another place. And hosting, oh my gosh, expensive beyond compare for the limited amounts of services they actually offer and bandwidth that they provide. Definitely stay away from those ones. HostGator's great. It's similar to GoDaddy. They're affordable, as I mentioned. And there is a tiered service program. And there is that latency about who you're actually talking to get things fixed. But WP Engine is a, a level above, um, as also the other tool that I'm about to mention, where you really have a very personalized 24-7 services if you buy, buy that high. Now, obviously, I host on a business level uh, clients as well, hosting their websites, and we can't afford downtime. We can't afford issues. We can't afford uh, problems that take time to fix. We need somebody that is immediately on the program, 
on top of it 24 7 personalized one-on-one service and that's something that wp engine does provide uh, they often provide free ssl certificates where a lot of these other places charge you a separate fee for those kind of things and it's a mandate you need an ssl which is a security certificate for your website that authenticates that your website is what it is whom do it's open and owns it and identifies you as the owner so that there is this connectivity that you're not talking to some fake site that's acting like somebody from far distant lands so wp engine tremendous amount of service skills tremendous amount of sales skill uh, uh, quality skills we bought so that we pay uh, a good amount of money per month to have a very large bandwidth and very large uh, ability to host multiple sites and great 24 7 customer service the second tool i'd like to bring out that is a competitor there is new to the market and that is wp superhost now it's actually being offered on AppSumo at the time go figure i'd bring that up um, it provides a lot of similar services and at a lower scale which is why I'm throwing it into our conversation today. It's actually more affordable and with more storage and more bandwidth than what WP Engine offers at that same level. I'm not operating with what I do at that level, so I, I got, I'm using W. I bought WP Host Superhost just to really be a backup to if I needed some places to harbor low traffic, low volume websites. But for the volume of traffic that my clients have and and the needs for customer service that I need. It just wasn't a viable option to use in that, that scenario. But for if you're creating a domain that's starting from zero, so the traffic's very low, will potentially grow, WP Host is a great start. They, too, offer SSL certificates inclusion. Uh, they, too, offer um, the uh, lots of great tool services for what new web hosting needs to be. And they don't incrementally charge you for those things. They include them in those things. It makes it very, very valuable. So my first tool is WPEngine.com. My second tool is WPSuperhost.com. And that brings us to our technique of the week. Now for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique of the week is my statement of the freedom of operating your own website. Uh, why I bring this up? Well, we're faced with a very current situation, obviously, with COVID and our impact on our industry, which has been devastating. And uh, and you've heard me complain about and point at the sheer lack of support capabilities of brand. Brand has failed, in my mind, its uh, responsibilities to those that have paid for its value. Uh, and of that is the capability of creating your own content and your own ability to tailor your message to the uniqueness of your property. Um, Brand has failed on that. They continue to fail on it. Uh, Very slow to little response from it. Their offers are anemic. Um, You know, they're not leveraging the brand value proposition where it comes to the usage of additional points or whether or not they're they're offering beyond a COVID disclaimer. Uh, Just recently, well, not recently, it's been now a couple of months, but well, one month. Uh, but Marriott just rolled out their COVID-19 module for your hotel, which was five months too late. Uh, they have nobody sitting in the chair opposite the phone if you were to make it. There is no internal resources. There's a disclaimer on their brand sites that indicate that due to COVID, their response time is zero to nil uh, and slow at best. So um, a lot of hotels that are looking to take an initiative for themselves are really limited, limited to a few, very few options. One of them might be to create a content-rich site for your destination. Uh, and what I mean by this is a portal site. Uh, this is, uh, I, I, because it's uh, my podcast of those that listen, uh, this is a, a kind of a gray zone area, so please be cautionary when I, when I use this as a recommendation. But it's 
taking and creating a website that features where your hotel is located and highlights your hotel. Now, of course, you're going to be using the booking engine towards your mothership, you know, whatever brand may be. Of course, you're going to create links that you have in promotions that will go to that if you're speaking to those. But it gives you also a voice of opportunity for several things. One, it allows you to to monitor metrics of travel and traffic that is coming to this white or this site and looking at what they're looking at that they're interested in. This gives you the latitude to uh, put in a lot of local content, put in a lot of local events, put a lot of information about the hotels in that aren't saying that you are the hotel. You're not being the XYZ brand hotel and location. You are the XYZ destination website that's being helpful to let people be aware of. Now, of course, you're saying, well, that's going to compete with the CBB, TDCs, and so forth. Okay, measure up to what they're doing. How are complete are they? And how much do you have to compete to share space on their platforms with all the other hotels that are trying to do the same thing? This gives you the chance to create your own voice. This is not for the timid. And this is not for those that aren't willing to put the time and the effort. This is a lot of work. But the value reward of this is very profound because it now gives you a platform for people to discover what it is you want to tell them about your destination and your value proposition of your product there. I would also go so far as to say as to not limit it to you because obviously that's self-limiting. You're not really adding the total value proposition uh, by just featuring your hotel's perspective of things you're talking about that are in the market. I would reach out to your, your local businesses that are just as much in need of support as you are and say, let's collaborate. I'll let me bring you onto the website. Let me put in stuff information for you. We've mentioned this many times before. It's a strategy component to what you can do as a hotelier to share audience, as it were. Blend what you have as an audience with those audiences of those that uh, are in your market for, for the restaurants and for the events and for the, the attractions and so forth that are operating or have some capability of contributing with you. And it's creating a collaborative. It's creating a kind of what the school systems are doing where if you can't be in class and you can't be just in viral, that they create these little pods. Self-help groups is really what it looks like. It gives you the opportunity to find people that have a similar desire to draw attention to your market for them and you, and through that collaboration, develop a voice. And that's what building a site can be for you. Again, it's a lot of work. It's rewarding and it's very beneficial to you and to those that participate with you. It's not hard. It's, it's, it can be as simple as a generic platform on Wix, which I would not recommend necessarily. Um, that's too vanilla and controlled and contrived. WordPress is a great universal platform. It has a bajillion plug-in capabilities and support capabilities and a very easy learning curve for it. Uh, You're not really hurting yourself. You can learn so much from it. But the cool part is you get your own metrics, you get your own information, you get your own insights, you can create your own CRM for it that's shared with others in your community as well that helps everyone. As the saying goes, as the tide rises, so do all the boats. This would help you and others. It's not in violation of your brand relationship. And if you're an independent hotel, it's even more reason to have yet another way to discover your product. This is a universal solution for everyone, but it's a heightened solution for brand ownerships uh, should they take this on. Now, uh, again, it's not developing a website for your hotel. That's a brand violation for those brands that restrict that. Not all brands do, but most do. So you're not creating a vanity site for yourself. You're creating a portal destination site that features yourself in the context of your destination, along with a lot of other information that is relevant to your market. It's very helpful, very supportive, and can help your local community in more ways than just helping yourself. So that is our technique this week.
Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So news and show review. We had a great show. We had uh, Melissa Cavanaugh from uh, Fuel Travel once again. They had their ninth series of the consumer, the Travel Consumer Sentiment Survey. Uh, and uh, it was always interesting to see the ebb and, and, and fall, uh, ebb and rise, I should say, of uh, sentiment as it relates to travel interest, um, frequency of travel, uh, how soon the wish to travel, the types of people that are wanting to travel, the types of people that aren't traveling. Um, of course, being mindful that it is September 11th, we started the discussion with remembering where we were 19 years ago for those of us that were in the industry and old enough to be involved with these things and what impact it created and what we learned from it. It was a great starting point. Then we dove into the sentiment travel uh, study. Um, interesting, the numbers that she was referring to, some of the interesting numbers that popped up, which, of course, the link to their sentiment survey and all links to the show that we're talking about today will be, of course, on hospitaldigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast that you can download a player or actually watch a player and all these notes and links and plus the transcripts in English and plus also we transcribe the podcast in 11 languages. So if it's uh, in, not in your native tongue, you can go over and look at the closed captioning in 11 different languages based on those that are listening to us globally. We thank you for all of that. But some things were like 50%... Um, have traveled since the pandemic has started, which is a, an interesting number. And that's 50% of those that wanted to travel. I'm not talking total population. We're talking about those people that indicated they were wanting to travel. 50% of them have traveled in some capacity since the pandemic started. 30% um, of all current travel is last minute. We have already experienced that in our booking window. So that's like a duh, thank you, Captain Obvious. But it is a reaffirmation of what we already know. Um, a vast majority of travelers are staying at traditional hotels. We know that we were fighting this perception that Airbnb or VRBOs or vacation rentals were uh, a more safer perspective resource for people to use. That uh, disparity between the or variance between that and hotel usage is lost and gone. Hotels have reclaimed their dominance in comparison to that as the truth of it comes through that it is not necessarily the case. There are conditions and associations with it, absolutely. Uh, do they have an impact on, on people's decisions of travel? Absolutely. But is it the driving force of why you would choose one over the over? That has changed. Um, another is uh, there is an overwhelming desire that be aware of local availability is a high reason to decide for travel. That goes back to just what we talked about for tools and technique, but also what we've talked about before in social messaging. Conveying what is open and available around your hotel is a critical component of why people will stay with you. Knowing what restaurants and what their level of services and restrictions of service and local guidelines and, and, and municipal laws are, plus also whether they deliver or pick up or what have you, is a key component of whether they're going to stay with you compared to another option. Obviously, people don't travel, even if they have to by, by, by purpose. They're just not going to stay in your hotel room and sit on the edge of the bed waiting until they leave. They're going to want to eat. They're going to want to go places. And if you're not providing food and beverage services, which they need to know about anyway, it's also knowing what else as options around you as well. That also gets expanded into the, well, if I'm here and there's something, is there something going on that I want to go see? Is there an attraction that I can go do? And if so, what does it mean to get there? Do I have to make reservations? On and on and on. Um, the really scary number, which I want to point out to out of that conversation, is that they found out that 70% want to hear about all that information, but unfortunately, only 30% actually get that info. So we are failing at our communication of that data. 
We are not helping ourselves by not communicating that type of information through what mediums we have, which goes again back to our tools and technique of this week as having a portal or capability or social platform in which we can share that dialogue of that information if we can't do it on our branded sites. Obviously, independent hotels have a greater latitude of adding it to their website. All those things need to be exercised, and we're only doing a 30% good job for the 70% of the people that are looking for it. Um, interestingly, uh, the number for people less likely to not travel if a mask ordinance was enforced locally went up, meaning if your local area requires a mask, people are saying that they're less likely to travel to you. Don't know that's a sad number, considering circumstances. Maybe people are still looking for the last bastions of uh, I don't care and I want to go somewhere because we're still dealing with the, the risky traveler in the market where people have either considered themselves immune or this is not at, at, to the severity that they think it is and they think that it's uh, something they should be avoiding by wearing to wear a mask. Um, they're still out there and there's still a large percentage of them so obviously that number may be reflective of that. Um, 84% of the people are willing to travel. Now, that doesn't mean that they are going to travel, but there is a high demand interest or latent uh, pent-up demand for people wanting to travel. 50% um, are likely to travel in the next 30 days, so that people are anxious to do something. We're reaching that that pent-up feeling. I mean, I know that personally firsthand, as do a lot of my friends and, and people that I talk to, that we're past the six-month mark, so to speak. Uh, so it's kind of, uh, hey guys, uh, <laughs> got to do something, get a little stir crazy here. So there's a large pent up short term uh, travel demand, obviously with safety in mind. Um, also too, if you're within one hour of travel, you have a 60% likelihood of traveler interest, meaning that um, your drive market is still your key. And I know this sounds like a Captain Obvious moment, but your drive market is your short term window of get away from the house for even whatever period of, and you are a prime candidate for that selection process. Nobody really wants to include the long-term flight travel plans or even short-term flight travel plans for the most part. They don't want to exercise long-term drive plans because they still have to stop somewhere else anyway. So to get out of the house and just change pace, change venue, do something different, you're a high candidate if you're within the drive market. So continue that in your market strategy. Um, also, a large majority of people want to travel to a small town rather than a big city. Again, I think more of a captain obvious moment of a affirmation of what we already know. People are less wanting to go into densities of populations and more likely to get away from more people so they don't feel as stressed about having to wear the mask and the distancing and the crowding and the, oh my gosh, there's people coming into the restaurant and now we can't sit six foot apart thing, whatever. That creates people's insecurity of the current conditions. And I agree with all of them. I don't want to be in a crowded restaurant or a group of people or people that ignore wearing masks. And cities create that higher tension of, you know, possibilities that you're going to be facing that. So uh, small towns, distancing, spacing, all good stuff. Um, also, too, there was some shared discussion that transient rev power was down by 40.7%. Uh, group rev power was down 79.3%. These are all numbers we know. We know we're, we're in the bottom of a pit right now. And, you know, to say that we're happy that we're close to a 50% occupancy on average, uh, but the ADR is so low. Uh, a lot of hotels are not financially margined to operate at those levels. And we're seeing that as the obituary list grows of hotels that have failed or are permanently closed because they are financially un insolvent to maintain operations. Uh, and that's a, that's a shame. The hotels that had a bit of a financial war chest or and or had 
uh, good margining as to what they're operating as, can operate that these for a period of time, but not for their entire life duration, which has changed our budgeting tremendously this year to a zero option budgeting program so that we're looking at sustainability, not profitability. And that creates a different scenario as to prioritizations of channels, conversions, and dollars spend um, because we are in that budget season. And if you're going to be making a budget similar to how you made it last year, you are going to fail because you can't really base it on those things anymore. Um, we did, uh, good gosh, uh, Meta, Meta Search in today's environment. We had a great conversation about that. As always, it was a continuation from last year, uh, last week's discussion. Very lively, positive discussion between uh, Dean Schmidt and Stephanie Smith. Uh, it was a fun discussion to continue on with as well. The news article I'd like to bring up is one that we did not have the opportunity to discuss on the live show, and it came from Focuswire, and that was breaking out of the silo, how hotels can redefine commercial success. Um, really great, fascinating, kind of like, yeah, we've been saying that for a while, but this is the reality of it. We're faced with the fact that we are under the assumption or belief that nobody's going to be investing in something new aka technology that will allow us to be more responsive and more sensitive to the variations of revenue management requirements and the integration of revenue management with all the other disciplines. We talked about this convergent things and 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 for those that know me, I have been on the road for many years, 33 cities and counting that I used to do for HSMA's rocket program, which was literally revenue optimization, convergence, education, training, which was talking about the practical integration approach, data sharing, step-by-step KPI sharing, common goals, common language, convergence between revenue management, marketing, and sales, and additionally, eventually, and also the problem of operations, accounting, and HR. And so it is a matter of certainty that you cannot be siloed. Revenue management, uh, back when we went through 2008, we realized that we needed to be better at understanding our, our, our sources of business, our clientele from those sources of business, their demand cycles from those sources of business, the information about those, where those sources of business are and their motivation for travel, and that stayed on the marketing side. Revenue management had to get better back then as to how to yield what the price capabilities were for those segments. But they didn't talk together. Now we've learned that they need to talk together. Data that marketing is be using is invaluable to revenue management. Data that revenue management is using is invaluable to marketing. Sales, the data that they're aware of and the capacities of what they can draw and bring into the conversation are invaluable to the other two. Without that combination between all three of those and more, you're not going to get out of this successfully well. You'll limp at best and fail at like most likely. So putting this convergence of all these things together and realizing that you have to invest because six months from now to eight months from now, 12 months from now, whenever the emergence of this demand for travel is allowed to fully come into play into the market, from where we need to think it's to be, from surveys like what Fuel Travel has done and so forth. We need to be able to predict where it's coming from, what amount of money they're going to be wanting to spend, at what rates, for what durations, and how to communicate with them. Well, all those questions are in different disciplines right now if you haven't converged them together. And finding the technology that is under development with a lot of companies right now to better do that job to draw in the information from marketing, to draw in the information from revenue management, to draw in the information from sales, and create a singular understanding of what we're doing is critical 
for when that market emerges and we're ready and prepared for it. And that's what the article really pointed out too, is when it says breaking out of the silo, how hotels can redefine commercial success is really talking about coordinating and collaborating those disciplines and those pieces of information in a way that is truly useful for everyone as we get into the markets that are going to require that kind of information. So there you have it. That is our news and show review. Remember, you can find us on Google Play, uh, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Podcast Breaker, AK, the list goes on. 38, actually 39 platforms and counting. Uh, we're even on Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and it'll play. So no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. One, we like the feedback and understanding if we're giving you the information you would like to know more about. And two, it helps others find and discover this content as well, which we hope will expand our audiences to over the 5,000 that we have currently in 32 countries. Actually, 20, 23 countries right now for the podcast, 32 and counting for the live show. So I don't want to take over those numbers. Those are the live show's numbers. I'm so used to referring to those. Uh, also, um, if this is your first time hearing this, uh, of course, please subscribe to us on the platform that you most like comfortably use, maybe the one that is that you discovered us on. If not, you can always go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. There, look for show number 266. There will be a player of the podcast there, plus all of our show notes, all the information used, all the links associated with what we discussed. Also, a great uh, list that um, um, Robert Cole from Rockchita prescribe does as a, a a list for each week for us so that we have a very well curated list of information that is relevant to the hospitality industry for the week. Uh, that will also be on there. If you'd like to subscribe for free to his to his newsletter, you can do so at bit.ly, B-I-T forward slash Rock Cheetah, all lowercase, no space. There you can go over and keep up with all the, the lists that he curates each week. Robert is a phenomenal data scientist uh, that works with Focuswire as well as JD Powers and a lot of other very esteemed name-throwing companies. Uh, that we can uh, put out there. Also, too, don't forget our live video talk show that you can join and participate in each Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. There you can go over and see all the episodes uh, that we do each week for there and also to sign up for future episodes as well. Thank you for the privilege of your time and we look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 266 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing in support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International All Rights Reserve Copyright 2020. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.